Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is September 6th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and today's word is quality. Now, when we say quality, I'm not speaking about the quality of an item, maybe more in the direction of a quality of life. But let's jump ahead with some questions. Do I know God? Do I know his voice? What is his will for my life? Will he tell me? Is he calling me to something particular? You know, these are questions that you might have asked yourself. These are questions of quality. You know, our God is a God of relationship. And he's not interested in hiding himself from us. He wants us to encounter him. He is the living God. And when we have an encounter with him, we are never again the same. But with that, that brings issues of our quality of life. How does encountering him change us? What does that mean? And so I wanted to begin with these questions. Do I know God? Do I know his voice? Do I know his will for my life? Is he calling me to something particular? Again, these are questions we all ask. And so with that, let's jump into our scriptures for this week. We will begin with Jeremiah 15, verses 15 through 21. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your enduring patience, do not take me away. Know that for your sake I have suffered rebuke. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because of your hand, for you have filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? You will surely be to me like an unreliable stream, as waters that fail. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall. And they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. 
Now, I know you may be questioning this the same way I question this. What does this have to do with quality? What does this have to do with my questions about, do I know God? Do I know his voice? Is he calling me to something particular? And like you, I ask, and you know, the Lord led me. He spoke to me. And of course, again, I did not select these scripture passages. They are from the lectionary readings, and I am taking these, and I am praying and taking a word that I received from the Lord and, and, and putting forth a prophetic-style message from them. And so sometimes it can be challenging when you get three scripture passages. Sometimes they're very similar. Sometimes they're very different. And then when you get a word that you go, how is this going to relate? It can seem rather crazy. But as I read this, and I'm putting into context some of the things that are being said. And again, I'm, I'm not here to do a verse by verse, but let me sort of paraphrase some things because it, it starts off with, you know, take vengeance for me against my persecutors. And it, it's it's sort of a, a harsh sort of word. Uh, the, the author said, I, I don't sit in the assembly of mockers. I'm not rejoicing with them. I'm, I'm filled with indignation. Uh, it's this idea that he, he's in a world with evil people. And he's trying not to be part of them. And then he even comes up with this question about, you know, I have this wound, an incurable wound. And you haven't healed it yet, Lord. And he's like, you know, if you don't do this, it's going to be like you failed. And he's bringing up these questions to the Lord. And then the Lord answers him and says, well, if you'll return then he'll bring you back. If you take away all the vile, if you if you take out the stuff that's good and you, you get away from the vile, and it's talking about things from your mouth, then you can be a mouthpiece for him. If you return to the Lord, but don't return to the people of the world. And you see, there's lots of scriptures that say that we're in the world, but not of the world. And here's why the Lord's saying this. Listen, just because you're in this evil world doesn't mean you should be part of it. And then the Lord gets into this, I'm going to make you a fortified bronze wall. In other words, when people fight against you, it's like they're, they're going to fight against a wall. And the Lord says that there's, he's not going to allow them to prevail because he's with you, that God is going to save you. He's going to deliver you, that the wicked aren't going to get a grip on you that he's going to free us from that grip. He's going to free us from things that are terrible. Now, this actually fits in quite nicely with our questions. Do you know God? Do you know his voice? Do you know his will for your life? You see, here in the beginning, Jeremiah, these questions being asked, are so much like this because he's he's looking at the world around him and he's got these questions because, again, our word is quality. What is your quality of life like? Jeremiah was making questions about the quality of life, quality of people. There were evil people around him. There was, he, there was health issues with him and he didn't understand why he wasn't healed yet. And, and he was, what am I supposed to do? Lord, what am I supposed to say? And the Lord answers him. You see, Jeremiah didn't know the Lord. Jeremiah didn't know his voice. 
But despite these things, he still had questions about life. And the Lord answered. And and it's funny because the Lord says, well, if you return to me, then I'll bring you back. See, here's Jeremiah the prophet. And he was really one of the few people in his days that was actually listening and obeying the Lord. The Lord was getting ready to send the entire nation of Israel into captivity, into judgment because of their disobedience. Jeremiah was one of the only ones listening to God, and he was thrown into prison for saying what God wanted him to say because it wasn't what the people thought were popular. And, you know, they wanted Jeremiah to say, you know, Lord will deliver us and we'll go on about our lives forever the way we always had. That's what they wanted the Lord to say. And when Jeremiah said something different, they they threw him in jail for it. It's not popular. You know, there are messages today that we as Christians need to speak, but they may not be popular in our culture and society anymore. And we find ourselves asking God similar questions. These questions of quality. We're going to continue with our reading. This time I want us to look at Matthew chapter 16. Verses 21 through 28 says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this shall happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works." Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now again, this parallels the issues of quality, just like Jeremiah. See, here's Jesus, and he begins to tell them things that are going to happen in the future. And Peter rises up. It says, far be it from you, this shall not happen. You see, what Jesus was saying is not popular. Many times what God says is not popular. See, the Jews at that time believed the Messiah would be a military-style leader, that he would drive out the Romans, that he would bring about, like the Romans had Pax Romana, that was his Roman peace, where there was peace because the Romans enforced it. The Jews sort of thought the Messiah was going to have this, you know, I don't know, Pax Judaism, this piece of, of Judaism where God himself would rise up a man who will kill all the evil people and, and bring in a kingdom of peace and prosperity. And, and so when Jesus said he's going to suffer and die, that's that's not popular. So Peter rebukes him. Think about this. Peter's rebuking the Lord. And Jesus responds and calls Peter Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. You know, any one of us, you, me, anybody can be used by Satan to speak out satanic words. This idea that you can be a Christian and not be used to the enemies, 
pretty wimpy. If we're not going to listen to the Spirit of God and we're just going to shoot with our, our mouth, our flesh, our desires and wants, then we're going to speak the message of the world. We're going to speak the message of the enemy. That's what Peter does. And Jesus immediately rebukes that. He's not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. This is what Peter wanted. And then Jesus addressed this. If anyone is going to follow the Lord, he says, you must take up your cross. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Jeremiah, if you return to me, then I'll bring you back. I mean, Jeremiah was walking with the Lord. And yet here's the Lord in the middle of his question saying, if you will return to me, I'll bring you back. See, all people have strayed. We all need to return to the Lord. And sometimes we as Christians, we sort of think, well, I already gave my heart to the Lord. But we don't understand that every day, when you wake up in the morning and you draw breath, it is a day to return to the Lord. It is a day to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. We can't say, well, I did that yesterday. Therefore, today I can do whatever I want. That's, that's not what is meant by that. We, we Every day we have to return to the Lord. Why? Because we're not yet there in that heavenly kingdom. We are not yet there where we look up and we've seen the Son of Man coming in the clouds and with his angels and the glory and all that. We we have not yet reached that point. Therefore, every day is a process that we have to give up what we want. You see, if we don't and we're trying to live life for ourselves, then we lose it. We lose his life. That's what Jesus said. You know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I've met many, many Christians, especially those in the business community. And I honor those Christians in the business community. You want to be entrepreneurs, want to do great things. I know many that are that are great men that are doing great things for the Lord in those communities. And they're being a blessing uh, to God's kingdom. But I've also met many that have gotten involved in that and they love the dollar. They love mammon. They love the power that it brings. And I see so many of them, they try to say, no, no, this is the blessing. This is the hand of God. This is what God desires. He won't, I've heard, I've heard these people try to say that God wants all Christians to be this way. If that was true, then why wasn't Jesus born a king? Aha, but he was. Well, he was the king. He's the king of the universe. But he was born in a stable. He was born in the barn in the feeding trough of an animal, in a stable, by a poor carpenter and a little Jewish girl. And he was raised in a poor Jewish community. You look at the lives of prophets, how many of these prophets gave up everything? Read Hebrews 11 sometimes. When it talks about the, the persecutions and the poverty and the lack of food they went through, and then the scripture, the word of God says in Hebrews 11 that we are not worthy of them. Listen, money is a tool, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And sometimes, as believers, and sometimes I've seen this, it's easy to take that prosperity gospel and you try to twist it into covering up your love of money. It's the same way with our desires, our goals in life, our plans. If we love those things, 
more than we do Jesus, we're in trouble. We're forfeiting our soul. Our number one love must be the Lord. And when he is and we turn our heart to him, what it says, it says that he will deliver us from the grip of the terrible. I love the way that that, that says in Jeremiah 15, 21, I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. He will take us out and save us from this dark world. Let's look at Romans 12, 9 through 21. This is our last scripture. Romans 12, 9 through 21 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this has got to be definitely the passage of quality. It lists many qualities about us as believers. If we take up our cross and follow him, I think we can sum that up with do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. Like the ultimate quality trait. So when we ask those questions, do I know God? Do I hear his voice? What is his will for my life? Will he tell me? Listen, all those all those answers is is be affirmative. What is his will for my life? Yes, you can know his will. He tells you in the scripture what his will is for your life. Now, I know you may be saying, yeah, but I want to, I want to know who I'm going to marry. I want to know what my job is going to be specifically. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Listen, those things actually work themselves out quite easily when we just live the life by the Spirit. Like Romans 12, 9 here says, let love be without hypocrisy. I like that. Let love be. Can you just be? Can we let the love of God be within us? Because the love of God in us, we don't want to be hypocrites. We want to be true. If we're going to be true, we can't be evil. So we need to learn to hate, that's what abhor what is evil. We need to learn to hate evil. That's not hate people, that's to hate evil. There are people that do evil things. We need to learn to hate the evil, not the people. Cling to what is good. In the days that we're seeing darkness and deception and confusion and evil rise up, we need to cling, hold on tight to those things that are good. Be kindly affectionate. 
man, uh, giving honor, preference to one another, not putting ourselves first. That's that taking up our cross and following him. We're putting others before ourselves. There are so many, I, I so much want to just go verse by verse, and that's not the purpose of this message. But there are so many qualities here about walking with the Lord. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. See, we're living in a day where more and more people are going to do evil for evil, and we need the Lord to impact us because we need to not repay evil for evil. Notice that it says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. It starts off with Jeremiah. Remember when he was praying about all the evil people around me, and he goes, uh, take vengeance away from, uh, take and take vengeance from me on my persecutors. It's in Jeremiah 15, 15. Here the Lord is saying that, yes, vengeance belongs to the Lord. See, that's why it's not when we turn the other cheek and someone does evil and we do him good that it's, it's not a weak thing. It's a, no, we're going to bless them because when it's time to be repaid, Matthew says it uh, in that verse we read uh, in Matthew 16, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he will reward each one according to his works. See, this is when vengeance is mine, I will repay. God is going to repay for all those works. And until that moment, though, he's saying, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. If he's in doing so, you heap coals of fire on his head. Why? Because when we bless them, when someone does evil and we try and do good to them, the vengeance of God grows hotter for them. That's why it's coals on their head. However, I think of another scripture with the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. See, it was God's goodness that broke our heart that had us return to the Lord. It was his goodness that made us go, I want to go back to the Lord. Like the prodigal son, he woke up in the pig pen and he goes, I want to go home to my father. You see, he was mad and that's why he ran away. But he remembered the goodness of his father and he went home. And for you and I, it's the goodness of God that Jesus loves us and he paid for our sin. And he's got our, our best. He's got a future and a hope for us. And we, and we, and we cry out. We return to him. Now God wants us to do that for the evil people around us to do good to them. And no, it doesn't make sense. Love your enemies. Do good to the evil. But in doing so, there's a chance. For you and I, it's a chance. God is at work. The power of God is at work. And by doing that, we don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing in our heart. By doing the good, they may be seeing the goodness of God because the Holy Spirit is at work. And they can return to Him. Have the power of God transform their life. And change them, take them out of darkness and into the light. To transform them from evil to something good. And if they don't, well, the day is coming when he is coming. And he he will repay. He will pay them for their evil. But for us, we are to overcome evil with good. With the quality of what God has for us. You know, God's call, it always requires us to trust Him. 
That's the way it was in the past. That's the way it is today. He is faithful. And we can try to make excuses. Jeremiah tried to make a few excuses about, oh, there's evil people. I've got this wound and I haven't been healed yet. And where are you, God? But you know, God doesn't take excuses. And we can choose to return to the Lord. We can choose to call out to the Lord. We can choose to take up our cross and follow him. He's inviting us to follow him. He's inviting us to have victory over the evil of the world by doing good. So has God called you? Yes. Can you articulate that call on your life? Is he calling you out? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Maybe this is a time when you need to sit down and invite God to have an encounter with you. Maybe you need to turn away from yourself and all these things in the world is going to entangle you. And take some time. Speak to the Lord. To call out to Him. To ask Him to reveal Himself. To take up your cross and to follow Him. Ask God to show you What will your life look like if you do that today? Trust him. You know, he's he's been faithful. He's going to continue to be faithful. His grace enables all of us to answer that call. And he's going to give us a quality of life that is eternal. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you that you have blessed us with heavenly qualities. The quality of life that we are to have and to walk in is the quality of Jesus. And we thank you for sending your spirit to live in us, to empower us, and to enable us, God. Lord, I pray that all those that have heard this message, God, will ponder these things and take up your cross and follow you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have other teachings available at our website, www.christianimpact.net. We have a school of ministry that is tuition-free. And so many of you may feel like your call on your life is maybe something more specific. You're feeling that call to ministry. I would encourage you to look us up. uh, Send us a line. Because there are many people we've helped to empower and release into the callings of their life. So until next week, God bless.